Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trying to recruit someone right now? At irishjobs.ie, we know it's just one more thing on your endless to-do list. Somewhere between preparing Friday's presentation and picking up dinner. That's where irishjobs.ie can help. With almost one million registered career seekers in our constantly updated talent bank, you can be sure you'll always hire the pick of the bunch. Take that to-do list. Get a fresh perspective on your recruitment. Visit irishjobs.ie forward slash hire. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Point, Planet F1's very own podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at the 2020 Turkish Grand Prix. The first Turkish Grand Prix since 2011. Uh, as always, by me, I mean myself, Finley Kroboda, and uh, the Planet F1 editor, Michelle Foster. So, Michelle, obviously, Istanbul Park is uh, generally considered one of the best tracks, uh, certainly one of the best tracks built in this century. Um, so, the excitement levels were pretty high heading to it. Do you think it lived up to, to all the hopes and dreams of the fans that were looking forward to it? Yeah, I think it really did live up to the hopes and dreams of the fans, uh, but not the drivers. It was an entertaining weekend from the very first green light to the very last lap of the Grand Prix. Um, But perhaps for all the wrong reasons. Uh, The track was resurfaced with the work being finished, I think they said 10 days before the Grand Prix took place. And it just didn't have time to settle. So the drivers had absolutely no grip. Situation wasn't helped by the cold weather or the rain that came as well. Um, so yeah, from a fan's perspective, it was it was hell of an entertaining to watch. From a driver's perspective, it it sounds like it was an absolute nightmare. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, that's a pretty accurate assessment, really. I think before we get into the specifics, we should discuss um, you know the the challenge that it presented for the drivers because I mean it, it's been a long time since we've seen anything like that really uh, on the formula one calendar um obviously there are a few reasons there was the the tracks recently being resurfaced um which meant no grip there were the temperatures and then inc- obviously we got a bit of rain as well to make it wet um and i mean it's a hard enough track as it is you know it's one of the hardest anyway so uh, just how hard a challenge do you think it was for the drivers you know, you always expect a couple of a couple of mishaps on the Friday with drivers testing the limits uh, and getting getting used to the track conditions, uh, but pretty much the same mistakes that we saw happening in the first five minutes of Friday's practice were also happening in the last five laps of Sunday's race. No matter what they did, they they couldn't get any grip on the track. 
So they were just slipping and sliding all over the place. Um, and then, like I said, when the rain came on Saturday, that it was really much a nightmare for them. And it continued on Sunday. Um, like George Russell quite came out after the Grand Prix. And I mean, he was basically saying that the track made the drivers look like idiots. And that's not what Formula One should be about. It should be the best cars, the best drivers, the best teams going to the best tracks. And instead, what we got was a bit of chaos and carnage. But like I said, from from a fan's perspective watching it, it, it did add to the drama. It did add to the excitement. Um, it was yeah, probably one of the better race weekends, uh, just because we landed up with a bit of a mixed grid. I mean, who would have ever thought Lance Stroll would be on pole position? Um, and Lewis Hamilton take the win by 31 seconds. It, it pretty much had a bit of everything. Yeah, I think it's um, it's true, you know. For for the drivers, it was uh, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a hellish weekend, I guess. Um, but that made it a great one for the fans. And uh, I don't know. You mentioned that Russell quote about him saying it made the drivers look like idiots. But I don't know. I think in a lot of ways, it it made the drivers look more impressive. Um, you know, just it was so bad, especially on Saturday that just completing a lap was an achievement in itself really you know without going off track considerably um and i think i don't know i think that's what we not to that extent obviously but i think we do need to see it a bit more where the drivers are challenged um and the cars aren't glued to the track because especially since the the regulation changes came in in 2017 i think the cars have often, you know, looked like they've been on rails. Um, so for me, it was nice to see, nice to see a bit of a change. But yeah, obviously, it was a a bit extreme to say the least. Um, well, for once, I'd say that the the most interesting stories to pick out from the race actually did come from the top three. And uh, yeah, I guess that's what happens when you don't have a top three of Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen for once. But the the biggest story, of course, was Hamilton who won the race. Um, because not only did he win the race, but he won his seventh world championship, um, equaling Michael Schumacher's record. Uh, obviously, you know, he's won seven titles, the most races of any driver ever. He's achieved a lot in the sport, to say the least, more than any driver. But where do you think where do you think this ranks in terms of his best moments, his best achievements in the sport? Um, I think Sunday's win with Adidad has to rank within his top ten best victories ever. I mean, Mercedes struggled throughout the weekend. The car just, they couldn't get it to do what it needed to be done. I mean, he qualified P6. That was that was a bit of a shocker, but that was the sort of weekend they were having. And then on Sunday, the race started. He was also one of those that twitched and squiggled his way off the line. Um, I think he had, a, he had a small off in, in the opening couple of laps. But as the track dried, he just he came into himself. The car came into itself as well. His inters were so worn by the end of that race. I mean, they were they were pretty much slick tires. And he took the win by 31 seconds. I mean, into the context of the fact that I think it was after the first 10 laps or so, he'd been stuck behind Vettel for a little bit. And he was basically a full pit stop behind Lance Stroll, who was leading Sergio Perez by 10 seconds. And yet Hamilton just pulled out this absolute masterclass. Valtteri Bottas spun six times. Uh, Hamilton didn't spin once, and he won by 31 seconds. The guy proved without a doubt that 
Yes, well, the Mercedes car is a fantastic car. It's the driver. The driver is phenomenal. So well done to him. Seven world titles. Who would have ever thought that that would be a record that would be matched? He he deserves all the accolades that he's receiving this morning. He's just so inevitable, you know. Like when Stroll was leading the race with Perez P two, I, I I looked at it and I thought, surely it won't end like this, you know. Uh, and I looked down the order and you're thinking, ah, uh, who could end up there? And obviously Verstappen was looking strong all weekend, you think him. And then as soon as you see Hamilton even set, well, like one fastest lap, you know, I see that and I'm like, yeah, Hamilton's probably going to win this, isn't he? You know, it's just, he's just relentless. He didn't even need to win, you know, at the end. Obviously, like you said, Bottas spanned six times, had uh, the worst race he's had perhaps since he joined Mercedes, you know, it was really bad. Um and because of that, he was never going to get points, which means Hamilton didn't even need to score a single point to secure the title. You know, he could have easily pitted and just settled um, in, settled for, he probably still would have got P2 or P3. But um, that's just not the driver he is, I guess. Um, and yeah, as well, the tyres at the end, they were unbelievable. There was really nothing left of them. And he wouldn't have really guessed it looking at his driving, you know. Like you said, he didn't spin and he had pretty decent pace showed by uh, the margin which he won at you know obviously after the race there were a, a lot of talk from people uh who who had seen Schumacher win title number seven who said they didn't ever think it would be matched um did you when you when you saw Schumacher get title number seven did you think that anyone would ever match or surpass that tally yeah, Shumi's numbers were so fantastic in, in 2005 when he won that seventh title that you didn't even think they wouldn't be matched. You thought that no one would even come close. Um, and season by season, Hamilton closed up on the wins. He closed up on the world titles. Earlier this year, he took the record for the wins. He's now on 94. Um, and yeah, and then he, he, matched, he matched the seven world titles and... Yeah, I don't think anybody, anybody would have thought that it would ever have happened, except you'll probably find uh, some random took a bet many years ago and is now reaping his rewards. But yeah, for, for the rest of us, for those people who actually watch Formula One religiously and follow the sport and write about the sport, I don't think anyone can genuinely say that they, this would happen. And wow, it has. And yeah, as I said, he just he deserves praise for what he's achieved. I mean, he's been he's been a class a, a, in a class of his own. Vettel has come out saying greatest of our era. Yeah, he's not even going to play that game about let's compare errors, which is completely unfair. But Lewis Hamilton, over the last 10, 15 years in Formula One, he's been the greatest, and he absolutely deserves his success. Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned Vettel, I think. I mean, let's not forget, Vettel is a four-time world champion, and I think Hamilton has just made him look so distinctly average since Vettel left Red Bull. Um, and I know he's in a better car and all that, but I mean, if you look 2017 and 2018, for example, they had pretty even cars. Vettel was leading, leading the championship uh, both years. And again, Hamilton is just... He just has another level, you know, that he, that he can go to, which Vettel just couldn't compete with. And yet, that's obviously been the same with Bottas. I mean, Bottas hasn't been able to get close, really, in his in his four seasons alongside him. Looking ahead, he's on eight titles. Sorry, he's on seven titles. Looking ahead to next season, that would surely be eight. And then after that, I mean, regulation changes. He'll be getting getting into his late 30s. But 
he says he he says he's feeling good physically and mentally. I mean, just how many do you think he can hit before he retires? I I wouldn't put it past him hitting double figures. It all depends on how Mercedes cope with the new rules in 2022. But when you consider they're still going to have the same engine that they have now, and that's that power unit is in a class of its own as well. Uh, yeah, Hamilton to hit double figures. I could see that happening, unfortunately. And and the reason why I say unfortunately is not to take anything away from him. We need more exciting race weekends. We need more teams, more drivers fighting for the victory pretty much week in and week out. I mean, I don't even mind if we landed up with a season where Mercedes won every single race, as long as they were only winning it by like 0.3 seconds, not 31 seconds. Yeah, I, I, obviously, you know, it is, it's quite something witnessing this history uh, that he's making, but you want it to be in, in a better spectacle, I guess. You know, you want a, a title fight for it and preferably with other drivers. Um, yeah, I think when he loses the title, to be honest, I don't think it's going to be him kind of, you know, calling it in, having a pretty rough season and, you know, Bottas or another driver beating him. I think for someone to beat him to a title before he retires, they're going to have to be, you know, in the top car on their absolute A game week in, week out. Um, I don't know who that would be. I think looking at the grade, Verstappen's maybe the most capable if he had the car. Um, Leclerc even, Ricardo maybe. Um, but yeah, I think if someone wants to win a title, then they'll have to drive the season of their lives to beat him, to be honest, because there's just, there's no signs of him letting up really, you know, despite the fact he's getting older, there's really no signs that he's getting any slower. And I mean, he said that he feels in the best form of his life. Um, so yeah, I think double figures is, is definitely on the cards unless, uh, unless one, another top driver like Verstappen and Leclerc gets a top car and two, they drive a perfect season. Um, so yeah, let's hope that happens because I think we all want to see a title fight between Hamilton and one of those young drivers, someone not on a Mercedes as well, preferably. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Lewis Hamilton. It's a pretty monumental achievement. And uh, joining them on the podium in P2 was Sergio Perez. He uh, started in P2 and finished in P2. It was a pretty, pretty... In a way, uneventful race from him, really. He didn't get overtaken much. He didn't do that much overtaking. But as is so often with the case with him, he just managed his tyres better than anyone, maybe except Hamilton, and managed to get to the end on them, not going on to a compound that dropped him back like it did with Stroll. Um, you know, we've spoken a lot about Perez this season, um, but we've never really included him in discussions for driver of the season. Uh, but now he is he's P4 in the standings, and he's also missed two races. I mean, this has got to be one of his best seasons to date, hasn't it? Definitely one of his best seasons to date. And I'm really glad he got onto, onto the podium. Unfortunately, we're still not 100% sure if that's going to have any impact on, on what is what he lands up doing next season. I mean, you'd think, if anything, <clears throat> he would have climbed off that podium and Red Bull would have offered him a contract in place of Alex Elvin. But at this moment in time, it looks like Perez might be taking a sabbatical next season. Um, and pretty much, yeah, he, he showed the Formula One teams the middle finger on Sunday. He had a fantastic race. Again, just quite calmly going about his business, 
like Hamilton, he did a one-stop uh, on just to change onto intermediate tyres, and his tyres were also extremely smooth and extremely slick when he got to the finish line. But again, Perez, he, like you say, he didn't put a wheel wrong. He had an absolutely fantastic race. And, yeah, it's just shocking to think that there's a really good possibility he won't be on next year's grid. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's really crazy. I mean, like I said, P4 in the standings after missing two races. Um, and it's not like he's in a great car either. You know, I know the racing point's good this year, but in terms of outright pace, it's not that much better than Renault and McLaren for him to be ahead of all of those drivers after missing two races you know that's entirely done by his own merit um and yeah like you said it's looking like he could be without a seat next season which is just it's just crazy I mean looking at that performance just if if Red Bull were to go for him ahead of Albon just what do you think he could do in that Red Bull? You know, assuming the assuming the the pecking order and the or the pace of the car stays the same next year as it does this year, um, yeah. What do you think he could do? I mean, do you think he could take it to Verstappen? Well, I think first and foremost he could take it to Verstappen, and I think unfortunately that might actually be why he won't be put in the Red Bull seat. Um, the fact that they'd have two top dogs fighting for top honor there, um, I don't think that's. I, yeah, I'm not 100% sure that's something that, that Max would actually be all that open to, you know, or even Christian Horner having to deal with that teammate fallout that would invariably come. But Sergio Perez, I think he could be, I mean, you know, it all depends what Red Bull does next year with their car. I don't see next year's Red Bull fighting Mercedes for the world championships. But I think if Sergio Perez was in that car, they'd definitely be fighting Mercedes for a few more wins. I think as well, like, you know, I think he'd be able to fight for wins himself. I think he'd also make life a lot easier. In a lot of ways, I think he'd make life easier for Verstappen. Um, you know, obviously not if they end up clashing. Uh, but, yeah, it's you've seen so many times this year Verstappen has been in fighting between the Mercedes drivers or in P3, and he just doesn't really have an answer because Mercedes can split their strategies um, and he can only match one of them, really. So... I think if he did have another driver to fight, then yeah, I, I'm sure. I don't think the Red Bull would be quick enough to fight for titles, but it would make life a lot easier for the team race weekend to race weekend. Um, yeah, I, I, I shouldn't be happy when drivers make mistakes ever, especially a young driver. But if I'm honest, when when Alex Albon spun yesterday, there was a part of me that thought, that's good for Perez and Hulkenberg, you know, because I've got nothing against Albon, but I just think, I just really want to see one of Perez and Hulkenberg in that Red Bull next year, um, because neither of them have really ever had a top car to drive, and I think they both deserve it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, he, he obviously did his chances a world of good yesterday with a P2, helped by the fact that Albon kind of kind of threw away the chance of a win, I think. But it's still, I don't know, it's still, for me at least, it's still kind of hard to see Red Bull going for him. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's a it's a distinct possibility that he'll end up there? No, I think Red Bull are going to choose between Alex Alban and Nico Hulkenberg. Um, I think, while I love Nico, I don't think he would be the same level of competition towards Max, but he would still be doing a better job than Alex. And like you say, at least still mixing it up with the Mercedes and allowing Red Bull to play a strategy that suits Max Verstappen. And helps him to the win. Um, Perez, I think, might be 
almost a little bit too much competition for Max in that respect. Yeah, it seems like Hulkenberg is, I wouldn't say the favourite because there's still a part of me that thinks Albon is just going to scrape out, I don't know, he'll finish P4 in a race and that'll be enough for Helmut Marko to, you know, say, oh, look, he's really good, we can keep him now, and they will. Um, Because I think that it's pretty clear that is their preference, you know, if they can find a reason to keep Albon, they will, if they can justify it with themselves. So I'd say Albon, somehow, after the season he's had, is probably still the favourite. Um... And if not him, then yeah, I think Hulkenberg, for the reasons you said, he's not quite Perez's level. Um, and I think also, he'd, after a year out, after never having a podium in his career, he'd probably be more willing to play the role of outright clear number two. Um, and he also, he's buddies with Verstappen, you know, which I don't know how big a role that would play, but um, well, it doesn't hurt, I guess. It doesn't hurt. But yeah, it, it, it sucks because Perez, you know, he's a great driver and he got P2. Um, and yeah, he is one of the standout drivers of the season. So yeah, let's just hope that we do get to see him uh, next year. Well, the the reason he probably will be off the grid next year is uh, Sebastian Vettel, who's taking a seat at Aston Martin. And uh, Vettel was the one to join him in Hamilton on the podium with his first podium in, God, I don't even know. I think definitely comfortably over a year, I'd say. Um, and to be honest, he, he kind of apart from a brief spell towards the end, he kind of had the upper hand on his teammate, Charles Leclerc, all of the race, which again hasn't happened in a long time. I mean, was this, you know, was this the old Vettel that we've all been waiting to see, do you think? Definitely. I mean, he had a, he had a great race. Um, he outqualified Leclerc as well, uh, which is not something that's, that's happened all that often in recent times. And then raised his way onto the podium. Um, in fact, he was actually a little bit disappointed that that he didn't win the race, feeling like there was an opportunity there. But there were there were large patches of the race where Vettel was was the fastest man out on track, and he had a, yeah he had a great a great Sunday afternoon. Um, I don't think there were many people except maybe Perez who who wouldn't have been happy to see him up there back on the podium to, uh, doing what he does best. And the fact that he was there to celebrate Lewis Hamilton's seventh world title with him. I mean, they've been long-time rivals fighting for championships. It was, yeah, it was pretty much a, a fairy tale story there. Yeah, it just, it just felt right, really, to have Vettel up there with Hamilton, I think. Because um, I think in Hamilton's era of dominance at Mercedes, Vettel has been his closest challenger. Um, and really, since Hamilton joined the, joined the grid, um, I think those two have been each other's closest rivals in the long term you know they had they had the likes of Alonso and Button um, and Rosberg for Hamilton but at the end of the day they're all gone uh, and these two are still here still fighting each other um, so yeah like you said it really was kind of a fairy tale story um, and you know I'm, I, I think everybody would have been happy to see Vettel up there to be honest it just it gives a bit of hope I think that the driver that top driver that won four world titles is still in there somewhere Um which I think we do all really want to see, especially with the regulation changes and him joining Aston Martin. Um, I mean, if he if he maintains this level in a car that... I mean, you know, the car he's driving next season did get P2 in the race yesterday and pole position. Uh, if he is at a level close to his best, I mean, do you think we could see him up on the podium a lot more? Or do you kind of see this more as a, a flash in the pan for him? No, I think we're definitely going to see Vettel up on the podium a bit more next season. Uh, that Racing Point car, it's a good car. The team's made a couple of mistakes in a few races and stuff, which has cost them. 
Um, so I think, yeah, lessons have been learned there. And I think with Vettel in the car, a few more podiums will definitely be on course. Uh, whether he can be winning races, not 100% sure about that. Not unless sort of Lady Luck plays her role in it. But uh, yeah, a handful of podiums I'm hoping will be coming Vettel's way next season. Yeah, it'd be good to see. And I don't know, maybe it may feel a bit better about Perez being kicked off the grid if it was actually justified. Because um, at the moment it is, you know... It's, it, it seems a bit confusing to get rid of Paris for Vettel, but uh, yeah, if it works, it works, I guess. Um, I, th- I do just want to mention as well, um, Perez's current teammate, Vettel's teammate next season, Lance Stroll. Um, yeah, the biggest complaints really about Racing Point getting Vettel has been that it was in favour, it, it was in place of Perez and not Stroll, um, with a lot of people saying he's a pay driver. Yeah, he got pole position this weekend and he was leading a lot of the race until he pitted and those uh, second set of intermediates just didn't work for him. So, I don't know, do you think that do you think that he did prove that he's more than just a pay driver really? Yeah, Lance has had some good races in the wet uh, prior to this and again rose to the challenge. I mean, he he arrived in Turkey on the back of, I think it was five pointless races, <clears throat> where he was, and he, I mean, he told the media straight up, he, he's not having much fun at the moment. And then he went and put his car on pole position by, I think it was 0.3 seconds ahead of Verstappen. It was a fantastic lap. And yeah, props to him for that. He had every right to be disappointed on Sunday. Unfortunately, when he changed onto the second set of intermediate tyres, they just didn't want to work for him, and he was all over the place. And, yeah, I felt I felt quite gutted for the kids, you know, because on Saturday, like, people were finally, finally giving him a little bit of respect. And, yeah, by the end of the day on Sunday, people were again scratching their heads as to as to why Sergio Perez has gone and Stroll's staying. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, on paper, you know, it doesn't reflect well on him, uh, the fact that Perez is so far ahead of him despite missing one race more. But, uh yeah, I, I think yeah we 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 should cut Stroll a bit of slack. I guess he's a young driver. Uh, he's had quite a bit of bad luck with um his D the you know last five races or so. He's had a lot of DNS, some which weren't his fault. Um, and I even aside from the pole position, I think he, on uh, on race day as well he did drive a good race. You know he started perfectly, and I think after ten laps he was leading by about ten seconds. Really, he just um. He just didn't manage his ties as well as Perez and then had to pit. And, you know, I guess that shows the inexperience, really, between the two. But, um, yeah, I don't think... I think it was a race that only only did good things for his reputation. Last thing to look at, I think, you know, obviously looking ahead to the next... For the final three races of the season, we've got two in Bahrain and Abu Dhabi. Kind of all, I, I, you know, I know we've got a, uh, a an alternate track set up at Bahrain for the second race, but it kind of feels like you know the the era. Well, maybe it'll be an era. Maybe COVID will come back and they do it again. But the era of uh, you know having these kind of crazy last ditch races that we don't expect to have and they just come out of nowhere, um, come onto the calendar. You know, I think we've had five this year. I, I guess that's kind of over now with the provisional calendar for next season. Just looking back to this year, you know, obviously Istanbul was the last of them, those uh, stand-in races. Do you think that a lot of them did make a claim, stake a claim to be on the calendar permanently going forward, you know, the likes of Istanbul Park and Magello? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see Formula 1 mix up the calendar a little bit more. Um, And also, I mean, 
Next year, I think it's what, 23 races? For some reason, Vietnam is is no longer on the schedule. So that's one street race gone, which I think we're all a bit grateful for. But yeah, I would much rather have a Mugello on the circuit than another street race. And uh, unfortunately, Saudi Arabia has been added to the list and it looks like that one will be, will be a street race, I think, in part. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved I loved Mugello, I loved Imola. I would even say yesterday's Turkish Grand Prix was absolutely fantastic. I'd, I'd definitely rather have those on the calendar than, than say Barcelona, for example. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think especially especially Istanbul Park in Mugello. Um, I think they are, you know, they're they're really entertaining circuits, and they are, you know, driver circuits as well. Um, you know, when they don't have an awful piece of tarmac screwing things up. Um, yeah, I like you said. I think both of them would be. A much better option than just so many races to be honest you know we don't need another street circuit in saudi arabia um we don't need barcelona anymore you know paul ricard is 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 not entertaining to be honest um if you could pick one to be added to the calendar of the new races we've got this year which one would you go for um i wouldn't mind seeing the istanbul park with uh with a decent track surface come into play yeah i think that's probably uh probably the most popular option i'd say um and it is it is apparently one of the contenders that they're considering to replace vietnam um along with malaysia as well which would also be cool um i, I don't know maybe vietnam could be great itself no, obviously never had it before but yeah I, I do think it would be a shame if we if we went another nine years without having istanbul back on the calendar to be honest um because it's just yeah it is a great track and it can produce good racing uh even when drivers can barely drive on it. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's just about everything for today. And obviously, like I said, the next race is in two weeks at Bahrain. So um, yeah, we'll be back two weeks today to discuss it. Um, you know, obviously the title race has been wrapped up, but there is still a lot to decide. Um, I'd say namely P3 in the driver standing, uh, P3 in the constructor standings and P4 in the driver standings. Um so yeah, it's uh, don't go away anywhere just because the title's decided. There is still some stuff to uh, keep an eye out for. So yeah, um, well as always, Michelle, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Vinny. It's been fun. And uh, thanks always to all of you for listening as well. Um, in the two weeks between the races, and uh, be sure to keep an eye on our website, planetf1.com, as well as uh, the social media channels we have. Um, our Facebook is Planet F1, and our Twitter is Planet underscore F1. Planet underscore. So yeah, thanks again and see you in a few weeks. Bye. With the new Toyota Yaris, we wanted to create a car that was even more exciting, even more energetic, even more electric. Without ever needing to be plugged in. Challenge accepted. The self-charging hybrid electric Toyota Yaris, voted Car of the Year 2021. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. Ask your dealer about flexible payment options today. Toyota, built for a better world. Sports Social Podcast Network.